What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another week of Living with Will. Success and happiness to everyone who hears this. And as always, if you like the podcast, please like, comment, or subscribe. It'll help me grow the audience and eventually take over the world. But enough about me. This is about the artists who come on the show. And today's artist is none other than one of the greatest artists to ever touch the stage, a mic, or an instrument who goes by the name of Hanjin. Not only is he the first ever Chinese NFT music artist drop, he is also an incredible artist of all medians. If it comes to music, if it comes to acting, the guy is just outrageously talented in all ways. And he's also an incredibly unique and wonderful human being. I'm so grateful for his time. Hanjin, you're the fucking man. You already know how it is. And I'm just so grateful for his time and his energy. So sit back, relax, and welcome back to another week of Living With Will. Same way, by expressing my gratitude. Thank you so much for being here, man. I'm super grateful to you. Likewise, likewise. I'm, I'm so happy for the, uh, the, the clubhouse um connection it's the craziest thing wild truly wild so i guess that's like where we meet right and that's the end of the story as it's gone so far but i like to start at the beginning um you know everyone starts as a child we all started uh pretty useless in the grand scheme of things so where did how did you begin this this path that took you to clubhouse um where did the journey begin and uh where did this love of music come from Okay, so it started um, with conception. I became a zygote um, and <laughs> came out of my mommy on the 27th of January, which apparently is Mozart's birthday. So I, I uh, uh, yeah, makes, makes me feel makes me feel good. <laughs> yes, um, and makes me feel bad when you know when I'm when I realize I'm nowhere close to as smart as Mozart. Uh, when I was in, okay, I'll do the nutshell thing because um, I I don't know how much uh, how short or long my answer should be. Nutshell, primary one, which is grade one, um, we get these report cards. Your grades, comments. My teacher was uh, my class teacher was uh, was head of the choir, and I joined the choir. And so she wrote, Hanjin loves to sing but doesn't have a good voice." That was that was a great joke. That was a great joke. Uh, we we laughed and laughed and laughed at home, and it was it was one of the funniest nights we had at that at that house before we moved to the new house. Um, and then uh, when I I like all Singaporean kids, we learned to play the piano. Our parents want us to have some sort of culture, so um, we uh, grade seven of the ABA RSM system. Uh, we. My teacher. What is the ABRSM system, really quickly, for Royal, those who don't know? Uh, Royal Royal Schools something uh, ABRSM Associated. Okay, I don't remember what the acronym stands for. Uh, Royal School of Music or something. It's the, okay, cool. it's the popular <laughs> system. There was another system. Um, it's the Trinity uh, system, which is harder, I think. But I never did it, so I don't know how much harder. Um, well, basically, grade one, grades one to eight. Uh, after that, you, you can do the diploma. And after that, you can sign up to be a teacher. I was in grade seven. I was having a hard time. Uh, teacher said one day, you, you know what, kid, you can't do music. You've, you've got no talent. You're not hacked for it. You're not designed for it. You're just not wired for it. Go home. Damn. And I, and I was like, yeah, who? I don't have to do this anymore. It's so hard. <laughs> 
I can't side read to save my life. So he had the hardest time with me. I think the longest time to learn a single piece. So like every exam, every, every examination requires three um, pieces and I take a whole year to learn three pieces and he hates me for it. And he hates sitting through my like left hand, right hand forever, hands together, next bar um, process. So like, I understand his pain. Um, I told my mom, mom was upset. Um, then, uh, Fast forward, uh, high school, uh, my mom chucked her classical guitar aside. I picked it up, learned some Nirvana songs. Um, uh, we have to do national service. So that's two and a half years. But while I was in national service, um, we had a lot of downtime in like, uh, uh, you know, by the bunks and stuff. And like, they, they're like, who plays the guitar? And I'll like, I'll like play and like, they gave me some brownie points, you know, like, so I, I could do one less guard duty maybe. So I kept playing. And then when I got out of the army, uh, I went to, um, I, I, I auditioned at a, at a pub, at a club. Uh, and, and I started playing in clubs and I've been doing, I did that for about five years, all through uni. It got me through uni. Cause like, uh, towards the end, I, I, they were paying me enough to do tuition. So like, I told dad, like, Hey, Hey, I, I can help out. You know, um, then during that period, I started like having these little dreams, like I want to be a rock star. I want to be like you too, you know, like Bono. I like the way Bono sings and I like the way Edge plays the guitar. So what if I could be like an Asian, like a, like a um, Bono slash Edge kind of combination, made some awesome. demos, got a internship at a Japanese company. Um, I was like a, um ghost produce not not producer no no ghost studio assistant maybe and like help out with their demos and records and then uh um it didn't work out went to japan came back uh then sent my records uh to labels because i was writing songs and um uh for popular chinese artists and uh that got me some credit in the Chinese market. And I realized that, okay, no one's gonna sign me in English. So I'm gonna do some Chinese songs. And I was like, please, I'm, uh, you know me as a songwriter, would you like to release my records? And they'd, they'd say stuff like, oh, your face don't match your music. And like, um, basically what they're saying is that you're, you don't look good and we don't know how to market you. People so say like, the worst shit to musicians, man. That type of shit is outrageous. <laughs> they didn't say that in my face though. I had to figure it out. So mm. I lost five years in the figuring out sections. Like if, if only you said it to my face, I would have picked it up quicker because I'm kind of mm. slow. <laughs> so I wish they had <laughs> said it to my face. And uh, so I did production and like songwriting became my career. Once won the awards that uh, and then the Chinese awards. Parents were not impressed though because they still felt like music, hey, musicians, you know, you're like second class citizens or like they're afraid mm. for your livelihood. Then I, I got some acting gigs because I, you know, Jin, Jin the MC, MC Jin, mm -hmm. the guy, the Chinese rapper who, who went on BET and like got the got gold. Um, he came, he was in Hong Kong for a bit and we did an album together. And, um, and then he got, and then we got cast in the same movie because of our, we, we, we were doing a promo run for, for, um, for the album and we did our, our, our concerts and then like um, got the attention of uh, this, uh, these movie guys who were making a Bruce Lee movie and they needed Bruce, Bruce Lee had three best friends. One, one, was, uh, one of them was a, um, a, a famous uh, 
child actor from from China, and they needed two more best friends. So like we got cast as his best friends, and then it was a great thing for me because I won for that role. I won the Hong Kong Film Award, and that got my parents really amped. The first time I ever hear them scream. So that was validation of parents. I was happy. They finally like, oh, he's an actor now, so I don't have to worry about his livelihood. And I and I so I acted more, and then. Uh, um, but then the, the corruption, the anti-corruption thing laws came about in China, and then like you know, they had the quotas, like you can only cast so many um, foreign uh, actors in a in in any one film, and then uh, and then COVID, so everything went downhill from there. And I'm back to music, uh, and now and then Clubhouse. Oh my God, the story of Clubhouse. I was I missed out the IG. Um, explosion. I missed mm. on the Chinese uh, Twitter explosion, which is Weibo. I still have it. I have about five hundred thousand followers on it, but like it's <laughs> like, but I but I missed the the initial thing. I, so I don't really understand it. It's not in my bones. Likewise, IG, Facebook, they're not in my bones. But and then Clubhouse came and said, "I gotta jump on this. I gotta I gotta understand how this works." Mm -hmm. So and, and then two weeks into my addiction, NFTs blew up. Uh, in a big way. I mean, they've been up for the longest time and I just never knew about it, never cared about it. Uh, Bitcoin's been around for the longest time, 10 over 10 odd years, not a cent lost. Didn't know a thing about it. Blockchain, mm. meh, never bothered about it. Um, been a ne Neanderthal forever. And now I'm like, for the past six days, I've been cramming my brains about this NFT angle. And like, uh, I gotta admit, my head is exploding. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's the type of thing that can make your head explode because it's so fascinating. I love how you called it an addiction because that's how I feel about it. I'm like, I have not gotten any sleep <laughs> since I got on Clubhouse. <laughs> Except when you do podcasts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I, but I love it, right? Like, it's like my time is, I'm either talking to a group of people who I can't see their faces and I'm fascinated with what they have to say, or I'm looking at someone in the face and they're saying fascinating shit that I can't get enough of. Like, it's what I really love about it is that at a time where we're stuck inside, we get to interact with each other. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the perfect COVID addiction. They they got us, man. They they rolled this product out the perfect time possible. Yeah, who knew it'd last this long? Man, I'm I, I was telling you before we got on that I got my vaccine, my first vaccine shot. Man, do you remember when they told us it was going to be two weeks? Yeah. I don't know what they were saying. Are you in Singapore now? I'm in Hong Kong. You're in it's Hong Kong. messy in Hong Kong. There, there, there really? was a breakout just, just a few days ago. A couple hundred people got hit in the gym. And it's, and it's spreading because it's the financial, it's a gym uh, in a residential district where there are a lot of uh, financial professionals, a lot of expats. Oh. And financial, the, the finance guys work in central in the CBD. So that means... For the first time, the CBD is a hot zone, and that's not good. Used to be yeah. in like suburban areas, but like now it's like whoa, right smack center. Well, how's it going out there as far as vaccines? How are you all doing with with the vaccinations? Um, we we got it's it's a mixed mixed bundle. It's a it's a mixed pot, mixed opinions. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild, man. It's wild. Well, listen, I want to say as far as that, you know, my heart to, to anyone that you know affected by it and to anyone who's listening. Um, yeah. We're yeah, going to get through tough. this together. We are. Only together. Only. Yeah. I mean, 
what yeah. I mean, I will say there's never been a time in quite like this in history, I think, where the whole world is in something together like this, you know? True. We're talking from opposite sides of the world dealing with the same issue, like, you know, being there for each other. I don't know True. if there's anything else that's ever really been like that. It's like a silver lining to an otherwise horror story that we're living in right now. Well, nothing binds people together like a good crisis. Yeah, no bullshit. It's a common enemy, man. Fuck coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, let's let's turn it on to a more positive, positive story. Let's get back to you. I want to talk a little bit more about your life story, man. Like you started okay. out, you're doing the music thing. It's not quite working. You end up in the military. You said that you did two years in the military. What was that experience like? Did you enjoy it? Was it formative? It's compulsory. Yeah. Um, so so we, we don't like it. We do it. Unless, yeah. unless we want to lose our passports. So I, right. I, I hung on to my passport and I, I, I did my national service. I think it's the same in Taiwan, but it's a shorter term. One year, I think. I think Germans have to do it too. I think it's compulsory as well. Uh, Koreans, mandatory as well. So like if you, it's like if you don't do it, you lose your citizenship. And some people would rather lose their citizenship than to waste those two years. Wow. Yeah. But it sounds like, you know, it had a positive impact on you. You know, it kind of jump-started your love of guitar. For, for, oh, you <laughs> from from more than words to Nirvana. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what I love? I will say this. I love that Nirvana is the common link between us with our love of music. Something about Nirvana, man. They had a sound that was like, it'll hit you from wherever the fuck you're listening to. I was in France bumping Nirvana. Yeah. So what what was your 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 go-to Nirvana song? Did you have one? You know what's so funny, dude? When I was a kid, it was like, um, Okay, so obviously, like the 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 ones we all know, you know, smells like teen spirit, come as you are, you know, the the, the radio hits. But then yeah. it was like, um, you know, unplugged MTV, unplugged things like uh, Plateau, um, yeah. Lake of Fire, those songs, man, something about that when I was a kid. Now it's like, um, now it's things like Buzzkill, and uh, uh, oh, what's another one? Paper cuts. It's like the, uh, the sound has changed. And, you know, I'm a really happy person, but there's something about like the anger in his voice. That I'm just like, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I'm angry too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was that song for me? Uh, thank, 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 I'm so happy. Is it Valium? Yes. Oh, Lithium. Wait, is lithium. it Lithium? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, lithium. yeah. yeah. Lithium. Dude, such yeah. a shout out to him, man. Shout out to Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl for turning around, going to the Foo Fighters, man. Let's go. Good for him. Oh yeah, I was a I was a big Foo Fighter nut for a second. Yeah, when the laser gun came out, I was like, laser guns, laser guns, yes. And like, yeah, the first album. Who are you bumping now? Mind. Who are you listening? What are some artists that you're that you're rocking to right now? Oh, you got me. I'm thinking. Take your uh, time. No one in particular. Uh, Okay, this is okay. I wouldn't say it's uncool because it sounds really good. The Dua Lipa album. Oh my god! Yeah, she's and, amazing. Uh, okay, I'm gonna pick up the first thing on my table. Awesome. Does this does this ring a bell? That is so sick. That is a fire um, album cover. Um, Buika. Um. She she sing she sings um espanol, and nice. uh it's a flamencoish um uh, I don't even know what to call it 
album. It's a it's just piano and voice. I recommend it to anyone. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, Wait, what's the name for people that that don't watch the video that just listen to the podcast? What's the name of the album? B U I K A. The album is El Ultimo Trago. Nice. So do you listen to music from all over the world? Doesn't matter about the language or if you understand it, you just bump it, whatever sounds good. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because I don't really listen to words. I think it's got to do with my 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 learning disability. The lyrics come after the, the tunes. Totally. So I, I listen to the I, I pay I, I hear the tune, I hear the harmonies, I hear the parts, and then the, the, the lyrics are an afterthought. So mm -hmm. when I got into the industry, it, it it didn't occur to me that people lyrics were the first thing and then everything else is the afterthought you know mm -hmm. so like it, it it didn't register with me so the marketing part of it came really late only after i could intellectualize it and like understand that oh most people get the lyrics first and it's especially true in the chinese market chinese language they'd say like that's a great song and i'd say why which part of it and then we say like oh these words uh -oh. Mm. not the tune and then you know I'm like you, man. I'm all about flow. I'm all about melody. Um, are you? Yeah. I think it might be something to do with being bilingual too. Are you multilingual or bilingual? Uh, yeah, by by, but because uh, of Singapore, we were like multicultural, so we speak. We are exposed to many languages. So, like for me, it was my my ancestral language, which is Hainanese from Hainan Island, mm. um, the Hawaii of China, and mm. um, the. And then English, Mandarin, by default. And uh, because I'm in Hong Kong, I learned Cantonese. And because I, I was crazy about Japanese, so I learned Japanese. And I got to work in a Japanese company, so my Japanese got even better. And then my pidgin English, which is the Japanese-accented English. Haro, my name is Hanjin. Kiss me, kiss me, which is excuse me. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think that Does part it, of the reason yeah. that you that you think melody and rhythm is because of that multilingual aspect. I don't think it has to do with that. I think it's a gift, man. Because I'm the same you way. Think? I'll hear certain songs 100. percent I'll tell you why. Because I'm the same way, and we're gonna say it's a gift because we both listen to melody more. For anybody out there that listens to melody over lyrics, it's a gift, not a curse. <laughs> do you do you do you do you listen quicker than you read? Yes. Can you read in chunks? I can't. I did those I read, speed reading courses. Yeah. I, I I never get it. I like, yeah, okay. Um, I'll go in chunks and I'll get nothing. I remember nothing. <laughs> you know, I think I'm a better listener than I am like a listening learner. Like I prefer audiobooks to books. I see. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, likewise. Yeah. Like in, on Clubhouse, you speak so well. And I'm like, how does he speak so well? And like, you you time your your um, you know, the points where you when you open your mic or when you yeah start to say something. I'm like, he, wow, we'll catch those moments so well. Like, I'm sometimes I keep missing those moments, and I'm like, okay, somebody's spoken, so like, I'll just shut up. It's tough, man. It's one of those <laughs> things where like, and first of all, I want to say I appreciate it. It's one of those things that's like, I don't want to hurt. I don't want to hurt the flow of the conversation. But if I feel like I can add something, I'm going to jump in because it, it's like I want to benefit who I'm talking to. If I feel like I can benefit you in some way, I'm going to interject. But it's a fine line because it's like sometimes that interjection will be perfectly timed or sometimes you're like, I don't know. And then someone else comes in and it's yeah, like everybody's like, fighting to talk. Oh, man. Yeah. The thing is, you seem to time it really well in a way whereby you don't 
you don't step on anybody. Well, of course, when you step on somebody, you'd be you'd be like, yeah, sorry, did you, somebody want to say something? But like that's that's what everybody does. But like the way you cut in at the right time, I don't think that's technique because Clubhouse has only been hot for a little while. I mean, it's been beta since like what what May last year, but like but like um, but like it's new for, to most of us. So this must be an instinctive thing for you. Is it is it your politics thing or is it the record label gig? I think I've been interrupting people my whole life. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I've been fighting to talk, man. <laughs> cool beans. But I appreciate it. That's mad nice of you, dude. What's it? No, so I you... appreciate it because I suck at it. I suck <laughs> at it. So I, I, when I see you do it well, I'm like, how do you do it? Dude, yeah. you know, honestly, it's like, I think you, you're going to find, and anyone who, who gets in Clubhouse is going to find, when you really want to say something, you'll find a way to say it. Because <laughs> I've seen you, when, when you're in a call and you have some valuable shit to say, you jump in and you get it done, you know? But I see, I, I'm not so sure if like what I think is valuable is valuable to someone else. And then once somebody cuts me off, I'm like, okay, maybe not. And I'm just like, okay, I'll switch off my mic now. Sorry, thank you. Yeah. You sound more polite than me. <laughs> That's yeah. right. You sound like a better I think, person. <laughs> I think it's the Singaporean thing, the fear of authority. Uh, it's kind of built into us. Yeah, we're kind of like like that, I think. Yeah, that's so interesting, man. The cultural, like just learning about different cultures around the world is one of the reasons that I want to travel the world the most. Because I just want to know like every, I want to just experience every culture, man. So when you say that's a Singaporean thing, I have no concept of what that means, you know? We're afraid of authority. Um, everything is spoon fed. Uh, we like their plans are laid out for us. The plans are really well planned, so you don't think mm -hmm. about it too much. It's like ah, this is pretty good. Let's just stick with it because it mm -hmm. is pretty good. But after a while, you like you, you stop thinking for yourself because it's too convenient. Um, mm -hmm. The the wonderful thing about Singapore is the most wonderful thing about Singapore. I think is uh, public housing is so affordable. Really? Everybody's yeah, everybody's got the option to buy public housing, which is clean, well organized, well planned, and you only need to put down five percent for down payment. Of course, you'd be mortgaging for the rest of your life, but it really eases you up. It it has gone to the point whereby Singaporeans are so cash rich because of this, they're they're blowing up the cars market. Um, and cars are expensive in Singapore because there's like a three hundred percent tax on every single car. You see what I mean? What? Yeah. Yeah. And on top you of know that, they're tolls. Damn. Yeah, crazy tolls. Yeah. Well, see, that's the <laughs> cool shit about the world, though, right? It's like, yeah. I, I live in LA, and public housing is an absolute disaster. You know, we have a homelessness mm. crisis that's out of fucking control. And mm -hmm. then you're, you know, you're saying like that public housing is, I think it's so fascinating. Like, why don't the public housing officials in LA go to Singapore and learn about? But they probably don't even know. They, uh, Charlie, Charlie know. Munger talks a lot about it. Um, you mm -hmm. know, um, um, Warren Buffett's uh, uh, partner, Charlie Munger, mm -hmm. Munger, he talks a lot about uh, how, how to adopt Singaporean policies to, to better um, Western policies. Um, I, 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 yeah, I, I think he's a really wise man. Yeah. I you know, you bring me to a, a great transition point. Um, you said you went to school for economics. How does, that, how does that understanding of business influence your art? None. Um, <laughs> the thing, the problem with school is, the, the problem with school is that um, all all tech students know what I'm talking about. Computer science students, 
you learn something at school, you graduate, the code changes, the status quo changes. Who needs to program in vBasic anymore today? Who even knows C++? It's not essential, it is redundant. It's, it's Neanderthal. Um, so economics likewise, like, yes, it's good to know the, the, the invisible hand. Yes, it's good to know how to draw the, the graphs, but like um, beyond that, uh, application is everything. And real world applications are, um, are far more tactile than what we learn in school. Mm. Uh, I'm sure you, you, you agree with me. Yeah, one hundred percent. I do. I, I'm curious, though. Like, let's say, like, in terms of deal negotiating and things like that, you don't think it plays a purpose as far as, like, how has it been navigating those, like, you know, contract building and stuff for you? Oh, uh, it's hard because I don't talk good. Um, I totally disagree. I completely disagree. You talk fantastically. You're a great conversationalist. But I'll, I'll let you finish your point. But I'm going to disagree on that. I think you're a great speaker. I, I think. I, I talk well in friendly situations where like, mm. like when like I feel, but if I, if I start to feel scared, I, I just ball up like, uh, I want to say, uh, I want to say armadillo, but I don't think I'm half as hard. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe more like, a I don't know, hedgehog. I don't know. You know how, uh, I don't know if you've seen Kian Peel skits. When they have like the Obama with the anger translator, you got you gotta get you a fucking anger translator, dude. You need when you get when you become an armadillo, you need me in the room to be like <laughs> the dude next to you, like don't you fucking talk like that. No, <laughs> oh, that'd be so, that'd be good, man. That's sweet of you, man. That's really no sweet of you. Send me a link. Send me a link. I got you. Send Just me zoom me, yeah. zoom me in anytime you're in a meeting. I'll be that guy. <laughs> okay, um, hang on. Um, I'll let Will translate for me <laughs> i just go on screaming at the top of my lungs oh man that's maybe that's gonna be my first nft it's just me losing my mind <laughs> yeah um since what 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 has uh, transpired since um the tiffany haydish hammer room the fir my first nft room uh on the nft world for you nft verse for you dude it's crazy i love that you were there for that because that was like really my first real experience on clubhouse was like this monster room with like titans of industry man mc hammer tiffany haddish like how the fuck did we end up in that room oh um, ding dong me too how did i end up on that stage crazy but it's yeah. but it's been a wild ride since i mean it, it like i'll say this for people who don't understand like the value of clubhouse i had zero twitter followers before clubhouse that was last week yeah. i have 270 mm. now you know, like awesome. I had 700 followers on Instagram. I have 1200 now. Yeah, that, I, I was, I'm not good at social media. I think partly because it's not interactions like this. I think my strengths lie in interacting with people, but when it's this, like, yeah, you, you talk good. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. But when, but it's, when it's just me, I get very uncomfortable because it's just me and a camera. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> and I like, fuck up, you know, and it doesn't make sense to me. So Clubhouse allowed me, you know, it shows people that I really mean what I'm saying. I think that's really what the difference was for me. Um, how has it been for you? You know, because I see you, ha you have great success. You talk about your following on Instagram. This man has over 70,000 followers on Instagram. You talk about the Chinese Twitter, you have 500,000. What's the, what, how do you feel differently about Clubhouse? Well, 
I think Clubhouse. Okay, I went on Clubhouse just now. Yeah, while you were in, still in the snow. Um, that's how addicted I am. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll be having I'll be having my breakfast or lunch, <laughs> whatever that is, whatever that meal is called, and then like and and I'll, I'll be on Clubhouse. And I saw this um, room where uh, there was this film producer. Her name is Joyce. I think she's based in New York. Um, and uh, I kind of trolled her into this room where um, there was an interview with a Singaporean actor. And then um, they, they were finishing up and I thought I'd ask a question about um, actors not being able to find fun roles anymore. And like the only way out is to do your own script and start your own project. Does he feel the same? He says, yeah. And then Joyce chimes in and then I'm like, oh, cool. I'm talking to Joyce. I've been wanting to talk to her. I've been, I've been so curious. The thing about Clubhouse that I think is different from other forms of social media, I think, is that when you want to troll somebody, you can. And, and um, when you're curious about somebody, you can actually take steps to try to reach out in a more polite way, you know, and instead of like immediately DMing somebody, which I, I never got over the fact that I, um, I could offend them. And I'm scared of making people feel uncomfortable. So like I, if we hadn't talked in Clubhouse, I would not have the courage to DM you and, and start talking to you, no matter how curious I am about you. But Clubhouse mm. feeds my curiosity, feeds some courage into my curiosity, I think. That's awesome. I don't know if same for you. That is. It is. You just you articulate it in a way that I can't. That's why when you say you're not a good speaker, I'm like, yo, you're a better speaker than I am. <laughs> you're articulating ways I can't. <laughs> but when I get scared too easy, maybe that's the difference. Yeah. It's a fascinating like, I, thing that we're talking about. I can't cut into now. a conversation like you can, like you do, you know? I, I just don't do it. So like, yeah, kudos to I you. Think, and thanks for the compliment. No, it's, and that, that's what I love about like people, man. Like we're both very similar in some ways. We're like, we're both curious people who are like really trying to learn more. And, you know, we're like, we're just curious people, but we're, we go about it in very different ways. And the things that like make you uncomfortable, I'm comfortable with and things I'm comfortable with, you're uncomfortable with. Like, I love that. That's what I love about human interaction. Because especially to the point, right, like, if anyone feels like you do, I want to say to you and to them, like, you don't need to feel that way. Because at the end of the day, I want to hear what you have to say. Everything that I ever heard you say on a clubhouse call was fucking awesome. So like, I hope that this conversation makes you a little more comfortable to be like, maybe you'll jump in next time. I know it's hard to unlearn those habits, but jump in, man. You, you have more important shit to say than I have when I jump in sometimes. <laughs> But you say it good and you time it well. <laughs> Thank you. So, well, so listen, I'm, something I'm going to hire you on. as my anger translator. For <laughs> Tag team. Bam, bam. Exactly. Well, listen, man, let me, let me ask you this. So you get into music. The music thing's starting to roll. Your family is yeah. not really giving you the, the acclaim that you're seeking. Then, but you get it from the acting. Yeah. How do you navigate between you know, the acting bringing the satisfaction from others and the music bringing satisfaction to you? Do you like prefer one or the other? Are you still trying to navigate both? How does that come into play in your life? Music brings me more satisfaction than acting personally, because my dream is to be a rock star. But <laughs> um, I, I know that that dream is, is um, not so uh, achievable unless the era of Elton John returns. I love Elton John but there has not been an Elton John since Elton John. 
um, since the 70s, it's been like, please grow your hair. Please look like you're anorexic um, and, and be cool. No matter what, be cool. And my face is like this, um, the, uh, the, the antithesis of cool. So um, uh, yeah, I kinda, that kind of goes out the window in terms of marketing imagery. Um, but I am putting out a new sound for my new albums, uh, for my new work. Um, I, don't, I don't know if they're gonna be called albums anymore. Um, it's basically, I'm going back to what I'm most comfortable with, which is hip hop style production and um, electric guitars. So it's beats, one electric guitar, couple of voices, print. And um, I think if, if, I do, if I do succeed in putting out NFTs, it, it's gonna be in that theme uh, musically. So, uh, I, I've got to ask you, you you've probably gone heaps in terms of information and um, in terms of like how to get into the space uh, since last week in that room, in the Tiffany Haddish and Hammer room. Um, how far have you, have, you, have you gone so far? As far as like Clubhouse growth? No, you're, you're, you and NFTs. Oh man, oh my God. Dude, I went from, so I already had like a base level understanding. I've been in blockchain crypto space since like 2012. Um, but NFTs, like, man, I went from hearing NFTs for the first time in like December and just being oh. like, yeah, I was, and I was like, oh, you know, that's cool. Whatever crypto art to being like, holy shit, this is the digital art revolution. Like this is a, we're living through a Renaissance. Um, it's been insane. I mean, it, and I'm sure you can relate to this. We talked in that room last week. It's felt like two months have gone by with the amount yeah. of information I've consumed, you know, the amount of NFT drops that I've witnessed, the amount of people I've spoken to, the amount of like industry players that I've interacted with. It's insane. It's like the level of, we were talking about the access is crazy. How do you feel about it right now? Like, as in like, okay, there, there are still people who are talking about, oh, it's a deed to a house. Um, and then some, some guys are saying like, oh, it's, it's, it's got royalty. Uh, it's got a royalty system that you can incorporate into a smart contract. It, it's a great way to monetize. And then there are guys who are saying like, oh, the legal system's gonna come cr crashing down on it. And there's another bunch of guys saying like, um, like record labels and movie labels are like, um, like just watching and waiting for the right moment to jump in. Um, my, my understanding of it right now is like, it's just two things, NFTs. A, it's bragging rights which basically translates to flex or mm -hmm. fuzzy feelings. Yep. And two, once you've established that, it's speculation. Can it be speculated? If it's not speculated, if it cannot be speculated, it, 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 it makes the investor more uh, hesitant to, to, to pick up as a buyer. And then like, uh, I go into rooms. I thought NFTs are like, um, everybody's talking about it, right? Mm. On the contrary, I went into a room uh, yesterday, 500 plus people, quant investors. It's a serious room. Within five minutes, they're interviewing me about NFTs. I'm like, why is it that you guys, tech geniuses, finance geniuses, don't know about it? These are main, mainland Chinese guys. Mm. So NFTs are not... Are, NF the NFT thing is definitely in its infancy. Yeah. Uh, is it the same? 
No question. Fair. Yeah, 100%. I think if you ask 10 people in the United States about NFTs, eight of them wouldn't know what you're talking about. Maybe. Quick question. You, go ahead. Has any, has any of these guys, um, the big tastemaker guys, for, for people like us, mm-hmm. Supreme, Undefeated, or maybe Stash, maybe Futura, maybe Jose Parla, have they, has any, anyone talked about in a, making NFTs yet? No, I don't think so. I haven't heard. I mean, I know Taco Bell did, <laughs> but like, yes, on Rarified, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Rarible, Rarible. Yeah. Rarible, yeah. Which is yeah, awesome. Yeah. I mean, look, this is the way that I look at it. If you ask my personal opinion, I look at it like I look yeah. at blockchain and, and Bitcoin, right? Um, 2012, Bitcoin's getting a little bit of hype. You know, it's like it goes, I think it's like $80 to a thousand, maybe, right? Yeah, Everyone's yeah. like, whoa, what is Bitcoin? People yeah. talk about it for like three months, levels yeah. out. We don't hear about it anymore. 2016 comes, 2017 comes, Bitcoin hits 20,000. MSNBC, CNBC, all these American and, and, and worldwide news stations, BBC, whatever, they're all like, well, Bitcoin's amazing. It's taken over the world. Hits 20,000. Yeah. 80, 80% crash. Goes from 20,000 to 3,000. Everybody forgets about Bitcoin. People lost their life savings. It's tragic, <laughs> right? Like, it's, it's horrifying. So people are like, fuck this. Like, you know, like, Everyone was like, it's a financial system for the unbanked people and uh, like despotic leaders like Argentina, et cetera. They can have their money. That all stopped. 2020 comes around, coronavirus, institutional failure happens, blockchain comes back. And now it's like, Bitcoin's at 60,000. Yeah, we're looking real crazy. And that's when NFTs become a big thing. And so the way that I look at it is this, like it's cyclical. I think that we're going to probably have the craze that we see now. And then I'm calling it right now. Three years from now, me and you are going to have this conversation again when we're coming back. We're going to do this. And then three to five years ago, we're going to, we're going to do that. And then five years from now, everybody's yeah. going to be getting back into it in a crazy way. And it's going to keep getting more and more normal, normalized until it's fully a part of society. Because I do, I do think that it's here to stay. I don't think you can turn this off. You know, I don't, I think this, it's too innovative, but I do think that we're not prepared yet. I think it's like too new age, like, but in a way that I love, like, I think that's why me and you are so fascinated by it, that it's like, it is that cool. It is that revolutionary, but like, if you can't buy an NFT the same way that you can buy Skittles from the store, I, I don't think that the average person is ever going to, like, it has to be that seamless before it's like fully integrated, right? You have I'm going to try this base. from this week. Um, I'm going to try putting up like random posts like, um, do you know what NFTs are? Or uh, I was thinking, if I gave you, if I gave out free NFTs, I was like, would you guys like that? If you say that, you're going to get a huge response. I'll give you free NFTs. You're going to get flooded in your DMs. <laughs> I'm curious though, because like the next question to follow up would be, have you got your Amida mask? That's, that's where you're going to stop. I think. I think that's where the conversation is going to stop for a lot of people. People have MetaMask, what? Once you start saying things like hardware, once you start thinking, saying things like cold storage, ledger wallets, blockchain i mean that's the thing right this is this is my main thing we haven't even gotten to people are stuck at nfts they don't even understand what they're built on yet. no one even knows what the blockchain is you know but they need a wallet to they need something that calls ethereum at least 
Agreed. I started this, my wallet yeah. a couple of days ago. Just yeah. a couple of days ago. Just like two days after that that room. Yeah. Uh so I don't know. I, I'm into NFTs. I, I well, I got excited at NFTs for one simple reason. I came up in a time where CDs failed and MP3s failed to um uh, live up to their promise. And for yeah. the past 10 years or so, um free platforms have been full on exploiting music um mm-hmm. to a to the point of zero, maybe. Yeah. Um, I had it hard, but I don't think I had it half as hard as the next generation of musicians. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm thinking, like, that's got to be a way for them. I and I'm thinking NFTs could be a way, not as a fungible media, but maybe music is hard. And yeah. So I, I'm gonna. I decided I want to guinea pig myself and like for Chinese music, uh, if I can prove or at least show semblance of proof of sustainability then yeah. maybe the new the, the younger the, the 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 kid the new guys they'll be like yeah maybe we can do this and like we can keep doing music because otherwise they go they go back to selling insurance um, Agreed. that which was which, which was my backup plan i told my dad mm-hmm. to say okay okay dad 10 years just give me 10 years if i mess yeah. this up and i can't support myself i promise you i'll go sell insurance or yeah. i'll sign up sign up with a bank you know mm-hmm. well i think that's kind of the, the beauty of what what i love about this space right and what i think w- resonated w- with me about you is like that risk the putting it all on the line like really going for your dreams and pursuing your purpose is something i want to encourage everyone to do but it's very difficult and i think what nfts presents is a way for people to do it like it's yeah it's a way for you, like you were saying, like things like Spotify and iTunes, they don't provide you enough money to survive off your art in many cases. But NFTs, when, you, when you're getting all of that money to you, it's just, it's a new way. Not to, not to bash the Spotify's and iTunes of the world, even though that's a very easy route for me to take right now. I think it's just, I, I say it to people, it's not an instead of, it's an on top of. Like you yeah. can put your music on Spotify and iTunes, but now you can also put it on top of a video and sell it as an NFT. And someone can put it on an LCD screen in their living room and play your art on their wall. Like that is, it's, it's revolutionary. And that's I, what I I'm wish most I excited could, about. Yeah. Or Patreon. Or Patreon is the future too. I mean, just it, we're, what I love about the internet really is that we're, we're seeing artists we're we're reducing the amount of people they have to go through to reach their audiences. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's this other website um uh my wife found for me. Uh royalty um I forget. But like it's it's a it's a but it's not applicable for new artists, I think. Not so directly ex- uh, accessible because it's for for guys who ha- who have published catalog and they can auction royalties. And they can auction a part part of or entire royalty uh, royalties to their publishing rights oh, nice. on this platform. Yeah. So it, but that that makes me feel like maybe not for for um upcoming up and coming musicians because a you need a you need an established catalog and mm-hmm. b um it's kind of a it's kind of a it kind of signals in a bad way in the sense that why are you um so-and-so famous artist or famous writer selling off your rights for yeah. hard cash. Why are you cashing Agreed. out? Then it, it starts to 
you know, throw out a lot more question marks and mm -hmm. like maybe that's that's not something I want to get into. Yeah, but like it's, uh, it's, NFTs for sure. Yeah. For no question. No, like that, I think we're both on the same page and I'm trying to include my audience in this. It is a mistake to ignore this, regardless of if you want to get into it or not, we should all be paying attention because this is like, you know, it's like what you said with the reason we're both so into clubhouse. It's like, we missed these other waves. We missed the Instagram wave. We missed the Did Twitter you? wave. You missed it yeah, too? Completely. I mean, dude, I have 1,200 followers on Instagram, you know? Like, oh, I completely okay. missed the Yeah, <laughs> okay. I completely missed okay. the wave. Duh. And in Twitter, yeah, yeah, I, I like fully, but that's because, you know, I was, I mean, I, I, I met other things and missed other things. You know, I don't, I don't wish any different life. I, I like how my life has progressed, but I'm tired of, you know, not taking things as seriously as I should. So like Clubhouse, NFTs, blockchain, I'm not going to ignore these things. They're not just fads, you know, because this is a oh, thing, I, right? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I figured something out too. IPFS. Have you, have you had discussions about IPFS and planetary file systems? Oh, it's, it's, it's another uh, blockchain thing, um, but it's blockchain storage. Um, oh, like unique, Filecoin. Like you, is it? Okay. I don't know enough about Filecoin to make the comparison, but what it, some guys, some blockchain guys are saying like, you don't have to mint your entire file into the NFT token, the Ethereum token. You can mint the token and link it to um, have your main file, which is probably pretty huge, um, as an IPF with the IPFS interplanetary file system, which has also a unique identifier. And only to realize that uh, there's a software called Pinata that does, that does this. Um, um, only to realize that. It's just a storage system, storage cataloging. So it doesn't mean much unless, because it is not part of the, the Ethereum chain, which is um, what everybody's crazy about right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I, I got off track. No, it's no, it's a good track to be on. I, there's a there's a cryptocurrency called Filecoin that's like a storage based crypto. And is it a friend of Dodge? No, 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 no. It is. It's a real one. It's a real okay. one. Yeah. Dude, oh man, I remember Dogecoin when it first came out. I was like, yeah, this is really funny that these guys made this cryptocurrency that was a joke. And here we are like four years later and it's like a multi-billion dollar cryptocurrency that the founders are like, this has no value. But that's, this are, is what, yeah. Go are ahead. you a diamond hand? Are you, do you have diamond hands? I have diamond hands. Are you holding hands on that, to your GME? I have diamond hands that are not Dogecoin related. I have diamond okay. hands for other things. Okay. <laughs> Some okay. things aren't worth having diamond hands for. <laughs> are you part of the GME revolution? Dude, yes. GameStop. That, yes, yes. <laughs> I think that it's, the, the premise behind it is one of my most, it's, it's fascinating to me. It's like, oh, the, this... it's the, the, the common man taking on hedge funds it's like the most beautiful romanticized story ever. But at the end of the day, we're all going to get fucked. There's no way we're beating hedge funds. <laughs> how, how, how diamond are your hands on that one? I'll tell you, I'm paper handed because I got in late, sold late, bought late, sold late. I'm so off on GameStop. It's ridiculous. But I'm like, oh my I'm God. in it for the culture. I'm in it for the culture, man. So it's, you're, you're it. still hodl. You're still hodling. 
Yes, of course. Okay, of course. good for you. Good, good on you, man. Till the, till the day that I die, man. This is the thing that I love about it. It reminds me somewhat of like Bitcoin, right? Where it was like, people were like, this is the future. Like, I think what I think the thing about GameStop that's really revolutionary is it's people being like, we can be, we the people can decide what companies have value, right? Because everyone's like, like institutionally or uh, fundamentally, GameStop should not be what it's worth. But what my argument is to them is it's like, well, just the same with like art pieces, we set the price if we believe it to be that. So if people say GameStop is a trillion dollar company, who's to say it's not? Okay. <laughs> Follow up question. Follow up question. <laughs> okay. La last year I was looking, um, uh, I was, no, last year when COVID hit, uh, basically EA, um, all, the, all the game companies, you know, they were like, yeah, it's going to be Nintendo even, you know? And then like um, a couple of guys were talking about GameStop. They're like, look, where do you buy games? We go to GameStop. So we should be buying GameStop. And then nobody really talked about it for a while until Diamond Hands. Yeah. And like timing is everything, but how do you know if you don't know? And how do you, I have this, I have this feeling that People who make, who are able to monetize on their financial decisions, most of them didn't do it to monetize on their financial decisions. Yeah. I have a theory. If you were to always buy what you like exclusively, like if uh -huh. let's say that you, you like video games, so you only bought EA, Activision, GameStop, uh, Tencent. If you kept it exclusively to what you enjoy, you will make uh, money. You will make money because I, I'm convinced. I, I'm convinced that if you only stick to what you enjoy, yeah, because that way you know that you like it and there's going to be, a, we're all human beings. So if you like it, I probably like it too. Or there's going to be someone else. And there's 7 billion people on this planet. So if a, a million of them agree with you, that's my investment strategy. Is it, if you say to me, well, I like GameStop, I'll probably buy it. You know, you know what? You know what? Good on you, Will. Um, I have the opposite story. I the things are like are the, the things I like seem to be so niche that they just go kaplunk and like to the point where like me and a couple other guys are like um, the remaining customers like hey you want to hang out for tea maybe and like that's the number of people in in that circle and like so uh, it doesn't apply to me but. Good on you, Will. You 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 are in touch with the tastes of the masses, and like you're gonna you're gonna go places. You're gonna monetize real good. We'll see. We'll talk I'm, about this I'm in happy ten years. For you. Let's My anger translator is gonna be a rich man. He's gonna be a rich man. <laughs> I'm gonna ask you this: He's, ten years from today, so twenty thirty one, March seventeenth, twenty thirty one. We're gonna get back mm -hmm. on the phone, and we're gonna see mm -hmm. how how this went. We'll mm -hmm. <laughs> we'll see mm -hmm. how this played out. I'm so curious about what you do though. I have one more question. Um, you're, you're, are you more politics or are you more, I want to say art? Yeah, let's just say art, art. Oh, yeah. I like how you which, flipped which, my interview on me. Look, I'm, I'm curious about you. You're, you're a misnomer to me and I, you're, you're, like, you're a maverick to me. I, I, am, I have a gazillion question marks. Man, you, you should come back and interview me on the podcast. That'd be fire. Um, if I had to tell I will. you, Fuck yeah. Um, damn. 
I would say, okay, I'll give you a two-part answer. Okay. The truth is probably that I lean more towards art because I, I enjoy like music, music, food, um, like visual, like paintings, uh, movies, cinema, TV, all that. It's been in infinitely informative upon my life like I can't even quantify for you how influential art has been for me but I'll tell you that politics and humanitarianism is more important like I I I didn't want to lie to you and say that the politics matters more because it doesn't but it should <laughs> it really there are so many problems in the world right now that we have to address I, I get the feeling that um, your, your heart's going to bring you more towards um, uh, politics or, or uh, some form of it. It seems, to, it seems to get your blood up more than art. No question. Unfortunately, because I, I honestly like... No, I, I don't I, think I, yeah. it's an unfortunate thing because it explains why you talk so good. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's the, the communication thing. You know, like, if you were an artist, you probably wouldn't talk so good. You'd probably be a bit more like me, like, I bet, I bet, I bet. And like, but that's why that's I the have these interviews. Syndrome. That's why I bring yeah. you all on, right? Because you all are the talent. Like, I'm, I'm a conduit so that people can learn about you and can, and can like, you know, listen to your music and, and experience your art. I'm just the guy that can bring them to you. That's where I see my value in the art community is just exposing. That's why I spend so much time in Clubhouse. I'm just trying to learn about who cool artists are like you so that I can hit them up and be like, yo, come on my podcast so I can like expose my audience to you. Awesome. Second question. Why do you have the Andy Warhol get up on your, on your avatar in Clubhouse? Dude, that's- Is there a that's, specific- Yeah, that's so funny you say that. So the, um, you're talking about like a black and white picture? Correct. So that was a photo shoot that I did with a photographer who will be on the podcast soon. Her name is Kylie. She's fucking incredible. And she showed me a picture of, um, oh my God, Irving, no, Irving Penn. And I'm, I could be so wrong. I'm praying that I got his name right. But he's an amazing photographer. And he had these pictures of Salvador Dali. And uh, they were in black and white. And they were just like that. And I had this suit that I had made for Halloween. I was... Uh, I was Beetlejuice. So I bought a black suit right. at Goodwill and I painted white stripes on it. And we did a photo shoot a la like Irving Penn. And it was me sitting on a stool with a black backdrop and a black and white. And I just loved how it looked, man. It made me feel like an artist. So that's why that's my, my profile picture. Because I love well, that photo nice. shoot. It's nice. Makes you look really arty. Yo, it made me feel arty. Now it's yeah. now the picture is more of a, it's a picture that my partner took of me. It's like all blue and it's got a lot of blue. It's when my hair was blue. It's got some blue uh, tones. Uh, yeah. I try. Awesome. I try to be creative. But uh, let me, let me, we got to bring this back to you, man. I got two questions for you before I let you go. Three questions. Okay, dokie. First question is we're all given words of wisdom throughout our life that inform us, that move us forward, that like sustain us. What's some words of wisdom that you've gotten in your life that have like benefited you? Wow. Uh, don't have them in text form. Um, first is, okay, uh, in random order. Cool. Uh, does it have to be advice or could it be from to whatever you feel voice? like saying? It could be literally anything. Okay, I remember this, but I don't know how important it is. My Japanese boss, when I was working for him, 
as an intern um, for a long time. Oh, that was a really long internship. So it was more like a job. Um, he said, Anjin, you have to be musician and a businessman. Mm. Not just a musician. He said this in, to me in his BMW. Mm. Uh, I guess what he was trying to say is like, don't be poor, my friend. Don't focus on your craft too much. You need to focus on the business. You need to do the business as well. So like, mm -hmm. I guess uh, I learned, I, I learned, I learned how to do the business, but I also learned that I'm not good at it. I don't have the natural, natural capacity for it. And then um, there is this thing um, from either Taoism or um, like, you know, Tao, the way of the Tao. Or, yeah. Uh, Zen, Zen. And it's um, to, to watch and not to participate. Mm. Just watch. Let it come. Let it go. And when you do something, just do that thing and nothing else. Like when you, if you're having dinner, just have dinner. Don't watch TV and have dinner at the same time. Uh, I guess in a nutshell, it's called mindfulness, but that, mm -hmm. that makes me sound so shallow. Um, it's the true. Concept, yeah, the concept that, uh, that the part of it that touches me is that you simplify. And when it, you feel it seems yes it looks poor but when you when you do it and you when you're inside that moment you don't feel poor you actually um start to start to feel peace and the value of peace is um is more important than the value of ecstasy um i feel that a lot of people mistake ecstasy for happiness. I think the happiness that would satisfy us more would be a peaceful happiness. And I wish mm. that for every human being. It probably it it probably is hard. But I do wish more people find it more quickly. You know, it, instead of waiting to till our later years, our our when we're 70 and 80, when like we to find it, why not? Why not find it well when we're in our thirties? At least recognize it, and then like sleep better, love better, and yeah. I think I'll stop there. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that you yeah. use Tao and Zen as your two. I I fuck with both of those. Would you consider yourself to be a practitioner of Zen? I tried to um, practice it for a while. Mm -hmm. um, uh, to meditate and to uh, the, the Zen way of meditation. Mm. And oh my God, my brain started going crazy. I, I could not, I got stressed because I put a lot of pressure on myself to learn it. Mm. And you have to learn it. Um, I kept listening to the, to the advice and it's to not force anything mm -hmm. and to let, let things happen. So I was like, okay, let's just take a break. And when I am ready to come back, I think I'll, I'll go back to it. So I'll go back to it when I go back to it. I like to, but I'm, I'm not going to force myself. I think I will get back to it soon enough. That's yeah. pretty Zen right there. I'm going to get back to it when I'm ready to get back to it is the most Zen thing I've ever heard. Really? Really? Yeah, man. I'm so into it. I, I, I wouldn't call myself a Zen Buddhist because I feel like that goes against Zen is to call yourself oh. someone, you know, 
but I, I uh, love it, man. I think it's like when I discovered mindfulness was one of the most formative moments of my life. Cause it's, I, I was always so concerned with like doing things. And then I realized that like, just let shit happen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. I know. Especially, especially for someone who talks so good, like you, it, it, because for you, it's so easy. It, 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 there's an instinct in you that goes like thought, execute thought voice. And like, for me, it's like thought, okay, hang on a minute. Is it stupid? You know, am I being dumb? <laughs> I don't have the stupid, dumb thing. I just say the dumb thing. <laughs> yeah. No, you're like, you're full on NFT mode. I'm still in the old economy. You know, I still have to go to, hi, is this Christie's? Will you, will you sell my work? <laughs> That's amazing. Oh hey, my we got God. That too. Be, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Oh, go nah. ahead. I, no, crazy. I got carried away. I know I to ask you things, you know? <laughs> no, I hear it. Listen, we definitely got to have you. If you ever want to come back on the show, I would absolutely love to have another episode with you. I, okay. I, I'm having such a good time for the, for the sake of the conversation, because I know people's attention spans are, are short. I'm going to wrap it with two last ones, but for okay. sure, if you ever want to come back, man, I would Shoot. absolutely love to have you. My second Shoot. to last question is this. If you were a superhero, what would your superpower be? And what would your superhero name be? I don't know. Oh, I know. Okay, I'll just make one up right now. Um, awesome. Um, I'll be um, OM. Nice. And my superpower is I'm so peaceful. I can never be not peaceful. Dope. You like make other people peaceful. You're that peaceful. You can like, it's contagious. I hope so, but that will be the point. Nice. Nice. I love it. <laughs> That's a great power. Oh, That's a pretty fucking awesome superhero. That's like the most, that, that is like the superhero of Zen. <laughs> Just so calm. He like doesn't even really care about helping people, but because he doesn't care, he ends up helping them. <laughs> That's so badass. Well, but, no, but no, but it comes back to the thing about compassion though. Like if you read, you know, you, you read about um lit read the literature like mm -hmm. um a peaceful person is a compassionate person so it, it will come because mm -hmm. you start to see like you see yourself in everything you know the concept of parallel universes mm -hmm. um yeah or parallel dimensions uh I, I i was introduced to this idea whereby we are living in our own worlds we're living in the myriad of worlds we are the masters of our own universes because we see the way we see the world is a version of the world. And in this version of the world, we are the leading actor, so to speak, mm -hmm. the main character. Mm -hmm. And there are multiple versions all around us. And we live in part, we are all part of each, each and other's worlds. So like, um, uh, 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 in that way we're live there, there, we're living multiple dimensions in 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 the same space. It's like like in a, in my world, you're 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 a player in my role in my world. You know, you're a part of my world. You're part of me. Mm -hmm. And in your world, I'm right now. I'm a part of you in your yeah. world. Yeah. And it's so awesome. like we're, we're all, everyone is us, and we are everyone. Could I could play out in that way? I guess that's that's singularity versus duality. 
and I really I resonate with that. I really do think it's like we're just we're just representations of each other in different spaces, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, kind of like kind of like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like I'm Hanjin and your will. And then it, the inverse in every way. And it, it's it's playing out in all these different ways. It, it, that type of shit, man. That could be like the topic of an entire podcast episode. It's just discussing that concept because it's so fascinating to me. But might, asking, might need to get a little bit high for that conversation. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. Just 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 a bit to start. Yeah. Just next question. <laughs> yeah. This is my final one for you, but I'm gonna say something before I ask it. Okie dokie. When I have a Living with Will festival and it's I'm manifesting it right now, you're about okay. to come through and you're about to shut that shit down. You're about to rock the house, dude. Because you were talking about your project earlier that's like hip hop with electronic guitar. First of all, you got to send me that project the second that it comes out because I got to I gotta play that. Please. Okay, but you gotta, if, if we can somehow finagle a way that we can either have the Living with Will experience in LA with you there or if I'm going to have to come and meet you in Hong Kong for us to throw a show there or we got to go to Singapore. We're going to make it happen because you are a fucking rock star, dude. You were saying that it's your dream. You're, you're living your dream right now. You just don't see it the way I see it. No, you're too kind. It's the truth. I thank dude. you for that. I thank you're you for that. Listen, you, I, I say this to friends of mine as well. It's like you're living the dream that I have of making music, but you just, it's not the way that you dreamed it. But what I hear you talking about it, I'm like, dude, you are, you're in it. You have achieved it. You're making music. The fact that you're even making music makes you a rock star. So we're going to make sure that you know that when you're on stage and I'm introducing you like, fucking <laughs> and I'm losing my shit. <laughs> I'm trying to Universal. stay quiet. <laughs> you're like, so you're going to be um, UAT, Universal Anger Translator? Yes. I love it. We might have some, we might have some, uh, some legal issues with UTA because of that. Oh, <laughs> uh, will you, will we? <laughs> but I love it. I fucking love it. But listen, man, this is going to be my final question to you for the night. And uh, I'm going to preface this with, I hope everybody tunes in for part two when we eventually record the part two of this episode, because I know people are going to be asking for it. But my final Thank question you. for the part one episode is this. If you were to, we're, this is the, I'm going to play a setting out for you. Me and okay. you are sitting, we're sitting on your private island 30 years from now, and we're listening to this podcast. We're, we're, we're looking back on it like, damn, what a life we've lived. And it gets to this part, and I ask you, if you could look back on this moment, what would the advice that you'd want to share with the world be? Like, what would your, what would your piece that you could give to the world in this in this vocalized moment be what would the advice from the man Hanjin himself be to the world though yeah uh, okay my my correct answer would be i don't know and then my pc answer would be um be happy my friends <laughs> Mm. I love that. That's awesome. That's a great answer. Honestly, I don't know is probably the smartest answer anyone could possibly say. Because, <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't think of anything because I don't know what I'd be thinking when I'm 70. Yeah. But I do wish you, everybody would be happy. I do wish everybody be happy. Yeah, I agree. Ask me That's ask what I would have said. I know okay. my, what I would say to you is this. What I would say to you is this. I'm going to ask you a, a, a new way of asking it. 
Okay. Someone, someone's on, it's like your child self, but it's like a new person, right? It's like baby will. And I'm, and I want to be a musician and I don't, and I'm like being told by my teachers that you can't be a musician. You're not good enough. And I'm, mm. you know, society is just telling me I can't do it. What mm. would your advice be to me to keep me going? Like, what would be some words that you would want to say to your younger self to encourage you to continue making music? Baby Will or Baby Hanjin? Both. Let's get both. Okay. okay. Here, Will or Hanjin, here's an iPhone and here's an iPad. Um, download GarageBand. Um, you don't need a microphone. You can just sing into it. Let me see what you let me see what you what you what you, what you do with it. Yeah? When you're done with it. Talk in a week. That's I think that's what I'll say. That's awesome. Just do it. It's like Nike. <laughs> you know, you know when you say is, is it telling of our age when we talk about the just do it campaign? I don't think so. I think do, that's do still kids valid. get it? Do yeah. kids get it? I I hope so. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I realize I realize there's some things that kids that that, that doesn't click like, and I didn't never realize it until on Clubhouse. I was like, like some guys will be talking about like some TV show or like some some catchphrase or or like Macarena, and like you'll be like, what is that? And you feel like, oh, I have to explain it to you. Okay, here's the background story, and you go on for about five minutes. I love it, man. Yo, do you have any projects or anything that people should be aware of that they should keep an eye on? Okay, I've got a, a new single out. It's called in Chinese Fanxing, which means many stars. Um, Wang Kar Wai is like the, uh, for like, okay, let me try to do a simple comparison. Wang Kar Wai is the, who's the biggest art director you would say in your uh, film world, in your, in your film universe? I mean, I don't know film universe, but I would say Virgil Abloh for Louboutin. I'd say he's probably the biggest art director I can think of right now. How about over the past 30 years? Someone like... Like a film director? Know, like a film director. Someone Ooh. like... Uh, 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 Martin Scorsese. Uh, Francois Truffaut. Oh, or, okay. Or, I like um, your reference. Truffaut. So like, he's like the Francois Truffaut of... Um, of, of 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 Chinese film, wow. Yeah, not so much. Okay, maybe Scorsese, but Scorsese is um he, he's so much more prolific. Wong mm. Kar Wai takes four years to make a film. He wow. could, and he shoots and reshoots and shoots and reshoots and shoots and reshoots. And the amazing thing is, like, um, these guys, these big big uh leading men and women, allow him to put them through the shoots and reshoots. Mm. And he's got that kind of power and um, uh, appeal. And like I, he shot a uh, commercial for Benz and he got me to, um, to do and sing the, the, the theme song for it. And basically he made an MV for me. That's how I take it. It's like, oh, thank you for making this beautiful music video. I'll send you the link to it. I Please. think it's a version on YouTube. Yeah. And that was, that's my most recent project. I can't believe you don't I mean, think you're a rock star, man. Like this is the type of shit you're working with prolific directors and you still, that's, that's how I know you never really feel like you make it no matter how much you make it. Cause dude, you're fucking killing it. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah. It's awesome. Okay. I'm going to send you this link. 
ding 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 ding. I'll send you later so that I don't do the dead as air. As soon as you can, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. a fucking legend. This has been such a great interview. Like I, I'm I, inspired. I need to talk to you more. I need to talk to you more because you you have not touched the surface on the NFT thing. Um, we we need to talk more. Yeah, we haven't even broached the subject. That's what I love about this series too. It's it's like I'll have conversations with people like you where it's like we didn't even get to get to the questions that I meant to ask because the conversation was so fucking good. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, uh, that like that's the thing about human interaction. Like somehow we get caught up in the emotion all the time, but maybe that's what it's all about. Not so much the content. I agree. I think people are going to resonate with this interview more because me and you get along than they would with anything that we said. They're just going to feel that there's like, you know what I mean? We're like friends. People are going to respect that. We're like friends who've never met. Like that's that's an awesome concept, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. (laughs) Dude, you're the fucking man. This has been such a good interview. I'm so grateful for you coming. This is the shit. This made my whole day. Such